Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a guest on today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, guys. Um, you might know me from Instagram. Um, my name is Allie Murphy. My Instagram is Allie Smurphy, like Smurf, I guess, because I'm small. <laughs> um, I'm kind of known for, you know, fitness, uh, lifestyle type stuff, my obsession with country music. Um, <laughs> I'm majoring in uh, kinesiology at George Mason University and going into my senior year. Um, I was a swimmer for about 12 years competitively and I love to run. I love lifting weights and uh, yeah. That's awesome. So getting into your life a little bit, what was growing up like for you? What was your sports life like? Because you I mean, people know on your social media, you swim, you run, all of that. What was your sports life like, your family life, and your relationship with food as well? Yeah, so I was born into, like, a Christian family. My parents raised me, like, well, uh, they worked at this warehouse where we uh, provided food, shelter, daycare for people, like, the less fortunate people, people who didn't have homes or who just, like, can't, couldn't afford things. Um, so they could come grocery shop there for discounted prices, get daycare for their kids, stuff like that. So I grew up running around the hallways, playing with those kids. And um, just like my parents have been really good influences and have really strengthened me in my faith all growing up. Um, sorry, let me silence my watch. Um, but as for like athletics and stuff like that, I was thrown into a pool pretty much before I could walk because I was born in Orlando, Florida, and we had a pool. So my parents didn't want me drowning. Um, so I was literally like one of those little babies in yeah. floating on their backs with a swim instructor and stuff like that. And by the age of three, I remember swimming laps in my pool and doing flip turns and telling my dad to watch me. And um, so as soon as I could, I signed up for a swim team because I loved it that much. Um, I was six at that time. And then um, I did it for 12 years, um, but I had to take a couple years off because of some things like, I guess we'll get into that. I had an eating disorder and some things that I had to take time off of my sports and stuff. Um, but that was swimming and I just, I never ran competitively, but I've always loved to do it. So I've always done that biking. And then I started lifting weights when I was 12, um, I say lifting weights, but it was more just like in my basement kind of yeah, yeah. Have a dumbbell doing random things because I wanted to be stronger for swimming. Um, but I didn't really get into that seriously until I was 16. And then obviously decided I wanted to study kinesiology and kind of make a living off of that. So yeah, that's kind of all growing up. We moved from Florida when I was eight up to Virginia and we've been here ever since. Um, but I have three siblings. I'm the oldest. Um, the my brother and my sister are 19. Wait, yeah, 19 and 20. My oh, brother okay. is about to turn 20, so they'll both be 20. Um, and then my other sister's 13. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So you have you've had quite the um, like you've experienced a lot in your life. You moved yeah, states, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what would you say, you mentioned your eating disorder. What would you say led up to that? Because I know some people it's trauma-based, some it's comparison-based. Yeah. So um, I actually, 
even with swimming and being in a bathing suit, basically like every day, twice a day when we did two days and just competing and everything. Um, I never really struggled with my body image. Um, I've always kind of been more on the smaller side, but I never, my family never really like talked about size, calories, nothing. Um, my parents were so good about just be eating balanced, eating whatever you want. Uh, like we always had desserts in the house, snacks. We ate good balanced meals. Um, but I would say around the time I was 13, I started dealing with some eating disorder, like disordered eating habits. I wasn't diagnosed until I was 16, but um, I started like noticing my body. I guess that's when you hit puberty. So yeah, it's um, pretty common to just start being self-conscious at that age. Yeah. And I also didn't really have any friends when I was in middle school. I was kind of like, people treated me like I was the weird one and stuff like that. Yeah. I wasn't really into the things that other girls were into. I was always at practice and stuff. And um, so at school, I was kind of like the odd one out. And I was like, why does nobody like me? Um, I would try to be like everybody else. And I started like wishing that I was different. I hated my hair color, my eye color, just weird things like that. And I look back now and I'm like, why? Why yeah. did you play? Yeah. You know? um, but I started to get really self-conscious around that time. And then um, the disordered eating didn't start till, well, I started like thinking about food more, but 14, well, 13, my mom was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. So she got really, really she was really sick at that time. And she was like basically bedridden. So um, she would feel so bad and she could barely lift her arms. And my dad worked, my dad works a lot still, but uh, now he can work remotely, which is nice. Um, Around much back then because, you know, he was always at work and mom was really sick. So I was kind of like, I have to be the mom for my siblings. So nobody told me I had to, but I kind of felt I took it upon myself. So I started like making their lunches, kind of parenting them, acting like the mom because I wanted my mom to be proud of me um, because she was sick and just seeing her sick scared me and I didn't want to be sick. So I started changing the way I ate. Um, When I was 14, I started dieting. Like I, I wouldn't stick to diets because like I was so active. I was so hungry all the time, you know? Mm wasn't like calorie restriction back then but it was more like food groups yeah I would start like demonizing I was scared to eat desserts I had to be health healthified or whatever um yeah and so nobody really noticed because I wasn't losing weight or anything I was still healthy and people were like oh she's just being healthier um and Then 15 was when things started going downhill. Um, Mom had actually gotten better. Like she, what got me started on dieting was like she had, because of her autoimmune disease, she had to cut things out to like, you know, her body was literally like attacking itself. So she saw a holistic doctor and they had her like do not like a cleanse, but just for like a couple months, she had to like take things out figure out how she could get her body back to normal. Um, And then she started adding things back in. So I saw that and I started kind of doing it with her. And then I just didn't start adding things back in. I started taking more and more out. Mm. Um, 
So she was getting better. And she would tell me like, Allie, like these things aren't bad. And I was like, I know, but I would kind of brush it off. And none of us were really educated on eating disorders back then because I don't even think people really talked about it. Yeah, yeah. 2015 even. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I basically went paleo. So I was like, very no legumes, no grains. Um, basically, I was eating like potatoes, vegetables, and chicken, um, and like an apple. Um, so my variety got really small, and things got really bad real quick. I lost weight. I went to the doctor. Well, um, I lost my cycle, which is what made my parents realize, like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. And then my performance in sports started declining very quickly by the time I got, was 16. So um, my parents took me to the doctor right after my 16th birthday, and he diagnosed me with anorexia. I was immediately taken out of sports, put on a meal plan, therapist, dietitian, specialist, all that. Um, so yeah, that was kind of how all that started. Yeah. And um, so people started to show concern when you lost your period and then you were, did you go to treatment at all ever? Like a residential? Yeah. Yeah. So we tried, I don't know if you've heard of like the Maudsley approach. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we tried that for maybe five months and I, um, I wasn't, I hadn't lost much weight back then. Um, I'd lost weight, but I hadn't like dropped a ton. Um, it was more so just the behaviors that were really like. I feel like I was more orthorexia than anorexia. At that yeah. Even though I was restricting, it hadn't fully developed into that yet, I guess, like the mindset. But by the time I started recovery, I started getting rebellious, um, just kind of unfortunate. So then that's really when the anorexia took over and I started losing a lot of weight, even though we were doing the Maudsley approach. Um, like I'd gained weight back, but then I started resisting it once that happened. And then I started going way downhill. Um, and my parents were like, we can't deal with this anymore. Like, this is hard for us to watch. We can't be with you 24 seven, like you're 16 years old. Um, so they sent me to center for discovery. Um, I was there, I was only there for three weeks that time because my weight was stable. So insurance kicked me out after three weeks. Oh yeah. It was very unfortunate because I was in the worst mindset I have ever been in. Like that was the worst mentally that I had ever been um when I came out of there um so things again my parents were like okay she's out I got back with therapists and my dietitian but I was not doing anything that I was supposed to be doing I still wasn't in sports um but like for some reason I just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that I needed to get better I didn't want it for myself I was just like these people want me to do these things, so I'm not going to do them. I'm, I know better, basically. Um, but then the next year, things I had lost so much weight by that time um, because, like, my parents weren't pushing me because they just couldn't um, yeah. me as much as they could. But they were like, she's not taking advantage of these appointments, so we're not going to, you know, fight all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so then by... Well, one night um, we got into a huge argument. I don't even remember what it was about, but basically it was like midnight. 
my parents locked me out of the house. Um, I was banging on the doors, running around. Um, the neighbors probably thought we were insane. But um, then my mom called my therapist and said, we need an emergency appointment right now. And um, my dad was crying. I'd never seen him cry in my life. Like it was a complete mess. And so we went to my therapist. My parents talked to her for about 30 minutes and then she brought me in. And that's kind of when things clicked in my brain. I feel like something shifted and I was just like, I can't tell my parents, but I really need to go to residential. And my therapist was like, yeah, you do. <laughs> Um, so I was like, can you tell them that? And she told them. And then the next week, I think, um, thankfully there was a bed open. So I went and I stayed for about four months that time. And I came out and think it's, it hasn't been easy since I came out. Obviously it was really hard being in there, but ever since then, things have been like, I don't really struggle with an eating disorder. That like, was the moment you decided to recover, like for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And throughout all this, how was your relationship with God? How was your faith it was, this time? It was rocky. Um, uh, well, literally, food and restriction was basically all I could think about. I don't even remember things from like 2015 to about when I decided I wanted to go to treatment. Yeah. I don't remember much at all besides just, I don't know, <laughs> horrible thoughts. But um I really fell away from God in that time because I wasn't focusing on my relationship with him. I was focused on so many other things that don't matter. Um, and actually when I was in treatment, they took us out on um, like, what are they called? Outings, I guess. Um, every Saturday. And one Saturday we went to Barnes and Noble because um, we got paid outings and then non-paid outings. Um, and it would go back and forth every other week. So we had a paid outing. And so we had a few dollars to spend some money. And I got a book. Well, I found a book. I didn't even know it was a Christian book. <laughs> um, it was just called You're Gonna Be Okay or something like that. I wish I remembered the author because it was very good. I still have it somewhere. But um, I bought that book and I started reading it. But it's completely like based on Christian foundation and like finding your identity in God and knowing that he's with you, he's going to bring you through this, you're going to be okay. And so I just started journaling every time I would read. Um, we read a lot there because there's like not much to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's when I really started realizing, wow, God is for me. This isn't my future. Like I can seriously get past this thing and use it. Like he's going to use this for something. It sucks right now, but... Mm -hmm. I'm going to get through it. And so that's when I really started to find my identity in Christ. And I think that really also helped accelerate my recovery because I started focusing less on like the worldly things. And then I started focusing on, you know, like what is life for if my identity is not in God? Cause like yeah. my identity in my eating disorder, I'm going to die, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And at the end of it all, like God, God is the end, you know? So yeah. if you're not, yeah, anything worldly is not going to um, be good in the long run because the only, sure. yeah, yeah. And so 
often as humans, I know we have like our eyes set on things, we have goals, things we want to achieve. Um, and sometimes we're not like consulting God or waiting for him. Has he ever closed a door that you were sure you'd walk through? Yeah, um, I have like a very recent example too. Um, so I'm from Florida. I love it down there. All of my family's down there. Um, I've been up here since I was eight, I said. Um, and ever since then, I've just wanted to move back. But um, I applied to University of Central Florida the, like February of this year and was accepted. We were figuring out all these last how many months we've been figuring out, figuring out moving down there, getting me settled, stuff like that. Um, Cause I've just been so set on moving back down. Um, as soon as I knew, like everybody knew, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm moving back. Everyone's so excited. And then just two weeks ago, I was told that none of my credits were transferable and they, for some reason, I have an associate's degree. They don't even consider that I have an associate's even though I have wow. a so I'm not really sure what that all is about. And I tried to fight it, um, but they just weren't, they weren't gonna like change their minds. So all these months I've been thinking that I'm moving this month, like next week, <laughs> and I'm not anymore. Um, yeah. Had to accept the fact that for some reason, God didn't want me there right now. Um, and like, I still, feel like I'm going to be down there because I got in and I thought that like, oh, God, let me get accepted in. This is what he wants for me. That proves that this is what he's, this is his plan. But then he, but then it's not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you'll probably look back at this in three or four years and you'll be like, oh, like, that's why, I, that's why I wasn't going to school there. That's yeah. why I stayed um, in West Virginia. And that's why, you know, because things always, looking back makes sense in the moment they don't and they feel hard but how do you handle things like this when doors close yeah in the past I was really bad about it um but now I know that like God is in control and so I have this I've had this overwhelming peace these last couple of weeks just like everything is seriously going to work out and no I mean I overcame an eating disorder so yeah like, yeah <laughs> Yeah, like my life. I'm still getting my degree. I'm still gonna do something with my career. I'm still heading in that direction. So, um, just knowing that it's all it all. I don't know. It's all just gonna piece together how it's supposed to. I just somehow have that piece, and I know that it's gonna happen. Yeah, and in the past, um, when you feel like God has closed the door. Is there a way you can tell? Because sometimes like this, it's pretty upfront. Other times I think yeah. it's kind of subtle and you almost notice it. Not when it's too late, but you're walking into something. You're like, whoa, that does not feel right. Um, so do you get, do you feel peace when you make a decision that was hard? Or do you feel this stress? Or like, do you feel God like directly saying anything to you? How do you, how do you know that you know that you know that you're on the right path? That's a tough question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I feel like sometimes God will speak to us through like songs and things because mm. um, sometimes I'll hear music, like I'll be playing something and all of a sudden the song will come on and I'll just start crying. Yeah. But 
I feel like for me, or I'll just open the Bible and there'll be a verse just randomly. That's like, like today, um, let me pull it up. I posted it on my Instagram, but uh, I randomly opened up Jonah and it said, um, all right. So it says, um, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and in my and my earnest prayer went out to you and your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. So I feel like, um, you know, if we really do have our eyes set on God that we will we'll kind of see things and we'll just get these feelings. Like I get gut feelings all the time. Yeah, yeah. Or like, maybe I shouldn't do that or would God want me to do this? Um, so I really just listen for him, honestly, mm -hmm. like reading the Bible, you can't really hear him, I guess, Yeah. but I feel also in a way listening. Yeah. And how do you live in line with God's purpose for you? I know a big part of it is having a strong relationship with him. So how do you keep that up and make time for it? Yeah. So, um, I used to be really bad about that too. Um, I used to kind of like go through my day and I got to like bedtime and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even like read my Bible or anything today. Um, but I feel like you don't, if you don't read your Bible every day, like it's not the end of the world, but it's just good to like make sure you have time to talk to God. So if I like just throughout my day, I'll randomly just like start praying in my mind. It, I don't know if that sounds weird to people. No, but that's, I do that too. It's kind of like a relationship with God is just like any relationship or friendship. Yeah. Shouldn't just be going to him when you need something. It should be, you should be like just building upon that being like, all right, this is how my day is going. Um, you know, even like ask him how he is, even if you can't hear an answer. It might that, um, it just always helps me to treat it like a friendship instead of like, Yes, he is God and he is very powerful and strong, but he's also, he also came down to earth as a child to humble himself. So he yeah. wants to be on the same page with us in some aspect. Um, and also like just listening to worship music, like I feel so much power from God. Yeah. Get really into a song and just like sit there with my eyes closed sometimes and just like worshiping is very powerful <laughs> yeah it is it truly is and I know that sometimes everyday life just feels like mundane and mm -hmm. you're kind of doubting like okay why does it feel like Groundhog Day every day um but how do you personally find joy in everyday life yeah um recently I've really been noticing like how precious life is like, yes, we kind of, we have to go to work, we have to go to school, we have to take care of ourselves, um, be around our family, you know, all that kind of stuff, eat, work out, whatever you do. Um, but like, when you really look at it, it's like, we are so privileged to just be alive. Mm -hmm. And it just hurts my heart to see people like, like I used to not be in that mindset. I used to not like myself. I used to like take, I, I mean, this is like the only life that we get. So why waste it away just hating who you are? 
Why not? I know it's hard, but like get past the things that you are struggling with and like just start living in joy. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I have really hard days and I struggle with a lot sometimes, but like the overall knowledge of knowing that like this is the life I get. I want to make the most of the time that I have here. It's just like, you really don't know what tomorrow holds. So why worry about it? And let's make the most of this moment. Yeah, I love that. Shifting gears here a little bit. You mentioned your Instagram. What inspired you to start your account? And how did that happen? Yeah. um, So when I, I actually remember when I was 15, I made one when I was eating a bag of like those apple chip things. Uh, and I, but I would start one to like document like food, but I deleted it like within an hour. Um, I always had like a personal Instagram account, um, yeah. but it's not much like at all. Um, but then after I came out of treatment the second time, my friend had made, my friend that I had been to treatment with there, she had made one and I was just like, hmm. So I made one. And I think it was called PB and Allie at first. Um, and so I just started like posting food. I don't think I posted recovery stuff at first, but then I started to. Um, so at first it was kind of just like food recovery, a little bit of my swimming once I got back into it. Um, but mainly it was like my food. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I started posting a lot more fitness stuff uh, within like I think mm, my senior year of high school, like 2018, um, I tried to like go more the fitness route. Um, but then I ended up deleting the account. Oh, okay. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just got really overwhelmed. Yeah. And for some reason I got a lot of hate back then. I don't really know why, but like people were mean. <laughs> so yeah. I was just like, I can't handle this. So I deleted it. Um, then I was only on my personal Instagram for a while, but again, I didn't really post much. Um, and then I made the account that I have now. Um, but what really got me in, like inspired to post like fitness and more like my journey and things like that was um, when I was 17, I started watching Kelly Yeager on YouTube and mm. like she had just started posting videos back then. She maybe had like 500 subscribers or something, but I like, that was the first YouTuber I'd ever watched. I used to watch like Taylor Chamberlain a lot um, before she started Balance, but I never really got very into her videos. Somehow I found her or Kelly and I started watching. And then I started a YouTube channel because of that. And then that's when I made my Instagram again. Um, So that got me really into posting. Like she's the reason I started posting like workouts and things like that, because I was like, this is cool. I love to do this kind of stuff. Why don't, why don't I just like share that with people? Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's awesome. And how has it impacted your life in both good and bad ways? Yeah. So I've met so many people, like my best friend, she came to visit me in January. I met her on Instagram and, um, I just, so many friends I have through Instagram. Um, but also it's given me an outlet where I can post the things that I love to do and kind of connect with people. Cause, um, I don't really know. I mean, I know the people at my gym, but I don't, I don't work out with anyone. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, because of my eating disorder, I didn't end up going to college for sports. I just didn't end up working out. So I'm not on a college team or anything. And that kind of, at first it was really hard for me, like in my identity, because I always wanted to go pro, um, but that didn't happen. So I was like, hey, I want to help people. And I love, I still love this stuff, even though I'm not competing. So why don't I just post about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of the negative side of social media is comparison and yeah. everything that brings. And I think like eating disorders have skyrocketed because of it. Yeah, um, I would agree. How do you deal with it? Do you struggle with comparison a lot or are you pretty solid in like where, where you are? I'm pretty solid in where I am now. Um, but I can't like, I think it's crazy how big eating disorders have become. Like watching it kind of explode um, yeah. since I yeah. was diagnosed like a couple years after it's just like oh my gosh everybody is struggling with eating like what's going on here it's crazy it's and like I think probably before like 2019 you always heard about eating disorders you learned about it in health class you maybe heard of a girl in your town yeah who had one but all of a sudden like I don't know I was like I'm not happy the pandemic happened because I think it caused my eating disorder like mm -hmm. how much time I had on social media but you know I am also grateful for everything that's happened since it and through it um but just watching it all unfold during the pandemic is just crazy and I think the pandemic did have a lot to do with it yeah because then all of a sudden you're at home you can't leave your house so you're on social media like four extra hours a day uh -huh. just comparing yeah and all you do is kind of sit around, eat your food, but then you're like, yeah, yeah. More about this, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, That's, yeah. I forgot to talk about the negative aspects. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, it, I think a lot of people come to me and like, I love talking to the people who follow me and think and helping them and everything, but sometimes some people just really need medical attention and they like, don't. I can't be your therapist and your doctor yeah. right now. Yeah. Or they're just, they're admitting things, but then they're also like in denial at the same time. Yeah. Really yeah. hard for me to see because coming through it, I'm like, I know. You've been there. Exactly. Yeah. They need to go get help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. people come and they're kind of like maybe halfway letting go of their eating disorder or something and they're saying mm -hmm. I just can't seem like that's your mind convincing you you can't and you need to step past that and like mm -hmm. it's ultimately your choice to get better it is yeah yeah and so I think that's something not talked about a ton but I think a lot of accounts recovery accounts who are further in recovery do have a lot of people in their dms asking mm -hmm. for help um which it's beautiful that like you've created a safe space where people feel like they can come, but yeah, I you're, also, feel you're not their doctor, you know, and you're yeah. not their therapist. And there's a certain point where some questions are just too much. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Also some people, I feel like I don't, I don't really know where these people are in their heads, but some people will come to me and start accusing me of things like that. I'm not recovered or that like, 
I need to fix something about myself. And I'm like, okay, first of all, who are you to say that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) um, That's not really like, that's really negative on their end, but it just kind of, it doesn't trigger anything for me, except it makes me a little like not angry, but it's just triggering, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's invalidating all the work you've put in and the time you've spent bettering yourself. And And I'm like, can I throw you in my shoes like four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Walk through all that with me. Exactly. Would you say that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awful. Some people are just awful on social media. Especially the ones who have too much time to just be sitting. Yeah. Yeah. The ones (laughs) The people who don't have a life and are showing the most are the ones who are going through everyone's comment section. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah. There's some interesting people on there. Yeah, fun little trolls. <laughs> and then in athletics, do you tend to compare yourself or have you in the past with like swimming and lifting and running? Um, I know you've had like a little bit of a rocky running journey too with like mm-hmm. your injuries. How do you, yeah. how do you, focus on your own goals with that. Yeah. So swimming, um, is interesting. Like the sport of swimming is so amazing. I've always just been in love with it. Um, so I'm glad I never really dealt with comparison when I was competing. Um, I was, it's a really big team sport. Um, I feel like you work together a lot, even though you're competing, like you do relays, but like you're racing on your own against people. Um, but all in all, what the winning team is the team who scores the most points basically at the end of the meet. Um, so it's like, it's a big competition against yourself more than other people really. Cause you're just like competing, seeing what your time is trying to get faster, um, improving your technique, all that. Um, but with running, it's been a lot different. Um, I feel like a lot of people in the running community are, it's easy to compare yourself to each other. Yeah, Um, but running's been hard because I always did do it for fun. And, um, I started wanting to like do races and stuff a couple years ago. So I started training more and I don't think I know a lot about running, but I'm not the best, you know, Um, I started getting faster. Um, but I, I don't know. I got injured in December. I broke my tibia this past December. And that's the first injury I've ever had in my life. Like I had some like plantar fasciitis and stuff here and there, but I was just like ibuprofen, take a week off. It's okay. Um, but I broke my tibia because I started training a lot because I wanted to do half marathons and like sprint triathlons and stuff. And so I started running a lot more than I ever had. I was kind of always more like 15, 20 miles a week. I started bumping it up to like 40 miles a week. And mm. I think, I, I think I did it way too fast. Um, but I was seeing improvements with my times and my speed. And I just like kind of got addicted to that. Um, I also got very anemic around that time. And oh. I was dealing with a lot of anxiety last summer. Um, I had to go on anxiety medication for a while. Um, I'm off of it now, but it really helped me for a few months. Um, and like I had to get my iron under control. My thyroid levels were really high. Um, 
they didn't diagnose me with hyperthyroid, but it was getting there. And I had lost weight last summer um, because of all that. But like, once I started the anxiety medication and getting my anemia under control, it kind of started leveling out. But then I started bumping up my training again. And that's when I broke my tibia because, mm. yeah. But since then, it's been really hard because I still haven't, like my legs not back to normal yet. And it's been a long time. Um, and I actually have an MRI next week to figure, because my calf now is what's bugging me the most. Um, and we've kind of done everything that we can. Um, it's just not, it hasn't been getting better. And the comparison has been like triggering. Like there are certain people on Instagram who like, I love watching, I've loved like seeing their stuff, but then seeing them training and yeah. Yeah. It's been really hard. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was getting there, but then I got hurt ever since. Yeah. Since recovering from your eating disorder, what are three habits that have helped improve your mental health? Uh, Yeah. So um, first foremost, I feel like spending more time with God has helped me. I said that that kind of really accelerated. It's what really helped me um, get over it, like get over my eating disorder. Um, So just like even reading just a verse a day or just praying, listening to a song, um, getting into the habit of spending more time with him has made me, it helps me keep my identity in like knowing who I am solid and firm. Um, And then also letting myself feel my feelings, like not stuffing Mm -hmm. things down. If I feel something, if I have a bad body image day or I just am not feeling good, I'm like, yeah, this day sucks. Like I feel terrible right now and I cry. That just happened the other day on Monday. I just had to let it out. I had to cry. Um, I just had to sit with my feelings. I don't do anything if like, I won't go to the gym if I feel bad. Like I just really have learned to listen to myself and let myself feel. Um, And then I'd say the third thing, um, distractions have really helped me, even though you shouldn't like rely on that to get better yeah yeah Um, like I would play solitaire all the time just to kind of let the time pass so I wouldn't like engage in a behavior or something yeah yeah solitaire really helped me and then um reading so just finding something that's peaceful that's not going to like ramp up the negative emotions and make Mm -hmm. you do something that you would regret later and then bring that up with a therapist or a parent or something, you know? Yeah. Like mindful distractions kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you could tell everyone in the world, one thing, what would you tell? That they were created to be who they're supposed to be. And that (laughs) you can like, just make the most of every second that you have, not, not stress about that, but just know that. Yeah. so much more than you're capable that you think that you're capable of doing yeah yeah I love that and then I have a couple fun closing questions um walk us through a little day in your life okay that's fun <laughs> so I wake up around like 6 45 to 7 um I take a quick body shower um 
I do a little stretching yoga, only like 10 minutes. Then I go downstairs and I make breakfast. Uh, always has a yoga bowl. Um, but then it's either toast, oatmeal, some eggs. And then I go to the gym and I'll do my workout. Uh, if I was running, I would run first, then eat a little something and then lift. That's typically my routine. Um, but right now I've been like swimming or elliptical and then eat a little something, lift. Um, and then I'll come home, I'll eat again, I'll go to work and I'll come home, I'll shower again, and then I'll eat again and then go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then through school gets thrown in the mix in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then what would your last meal on earth be? Like your deathbed, you know you're going. So you have a choice. Um, I'm so basic and picky when it comes to things. So it probably, it has to involve peanut butter. So it'd probably be like a peanut butter and honey sandwich with mm -hmm. a bunch of little like pretzels, chocolate chips, a yogurt bowl has to be thrown in there. Um, That's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd need some cheesecake before I die too. Okay. So. Okay. What's your favorite flavor? Carrot cake cheesecake. Carrot cake cheesecake? Yeah. Wow. I've never tried that. Yeah. Oh, Cheesecake Factory used to have one and they replaced it with pineapple upside down cake cheesecake. And I was very angry about that. Well, carrot cake is like one of the superior cakes. So yeah, I'm sure it'd be good. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It had like sliced almonds all on the side. Cream cheese frosting. Oh, okay. That sounds pretty good. I have to yeah. look out for like somewhere that sells it. Yeah. I haven't found any, but my grandma made me one last year for my birthday, which is nice. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, tell, yeah, everyone you your, tell everyone your Instagram so people can go follow you. All right. So it's at Allie Smurphy, which is spelled A-L-I-S-M-U-R-F-Y. Awesome. Thank you for listening, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.